hello and welcome. Welcome back to the Earthsea Love podcast. It's so good to be back. This is season two, episode 027. Hello and welcome, welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. This podcast is for and about women of colour and our relationship with nature. Hosted by me, Cherie Mack. The Earth Sea Love Podcast is committed to exploring the experiences of women of colour with Mother Nature. We want to provide spaces where the hidden voices in the environmental and conservation conversations can explore their relationship with the natural world. Inspired by our time spent outdoors, we amplify the voices of women of colour, our stories our conversations, interviews, photography, writing and artwork. We'll be exploring our legacies, histories and memories which have had an influence and effect upon how we perceive ourselves within the natural world and within the environmental and climate justice movements. Welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. The Earth Sea Love Podcast has been made possible by the funding from National Lottery Heritage Fund. Thank you. So hello. It's Cherie here, Cherie Mack, your host of the Earthsea Love podcast. And we've had a little extended break between episodes and that was due to technical difficulties. You know, when you um, have this amazing conversation and then you listen back to it, maybe a couple of weeks later, and you find that there's an echo, 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 echo. And you, you could be tearing your hair out of like how to get rid of that echo. <laughs> and it was the echo on the remote side, not the local side. And that's all technical info that you probably didn't need to know. So it took a little bit longer to um, edit and get this this episode all polished up for your ears. And I'd just like to add this three other episodes (laughs) that I've got to make my way through that do also have that echo, echo, echo. So yeah, it just takes a little bit longer to get it to a really good standard, a standard that you can actually listen and enjoy. And this episode with Saraya Abdelhadi is such a 
beautiful and wonderful conversation. It was really weird because when I was spending all this time editing this episode, I was doing it in one room, then went out and got a coffee. Um, And then when I came back to the room when I was doing the editing, I was expecting to see Soraya there. I was so in into the conversation that I was like totally reliving it. Um, and my mind was playing tricks on me as if that she was actually in the room with me talking in the present moment. I know maybe I was just spending too, too long a time on the editing and things were playing tricks on my mind. But anyway, it was so, it was such intimate and complex necessary conversation because we touch upon a whole heap of a whole heap of stuff we touch upon and let me just think i mean we were talking about and the barriers that different people face about getting out into the the outdoors internal as well as external fear but we also we we also talk about how uh, there needs to be a lot of energy, effort, resources, ideas, creativity, openness, honesty, conversations to start building a community. And this is what Soraya has been doing for the past year. It was her idea to set up all the elements and we'll talk about all the elements in the show. And of course, in the show notes, there will be a link to all the elements. So this is an organisation that was set up um, from Soraya's ideas because she was looking for it and she couldn't find it so you know a woman after my own heart if you can't find it create it yourself and this is to bring in and that's where all the elements come bring in all those elements that we don't see represented within the British countryside that diversity you know touches upon race and gender disabilities body shape sexuality you know, these issues and that are close to my heart, the idea of how the outdoors, the images that we are fed is that it's macho, masculine, adventure land where you can aspire to be like this. But really, you know, you don't belong there. You're not welcome there. And I think what All The Elements does with Surveya at the helm and collaborating with a number of other key individuals is just changing the landscape on so many different fronts. I'm going to leave it there so you can get into the episode. The next episode will be um, a creative one from myself and I think it's going to be focusing on birds, the birds. So um look out for that one and hopefully it's not that much time in between episodes this time anyway let's get to this episode with Soraya and yeah hope you enjoy thanks for listening bye for now so welcome 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 and first of all, I always ask, how are you? How are you keeping? I'm okay. I think I like everyone in the UK at the moment, it's up and down all the time, isn't it? It's mm. just, it feels like, I think I'm doing fine. And then all of a sudden, climbing my walls. Mm. <laughs> because it just feels 
crazy and like there's we can't do anything and we can't go anywhere and it just feels a lot and then I'm fine again so uh, mm. yeah on the roller coaster that is COVID yeah <laughs> I totally get that and that is such a good way to describe it it is a roller coaster but I don't know about you I mean I've been wintering wintering to the max yeah going slow but I am feeling a bit of a quickening in the blood in the beat and and I don't know if it is because it's March and it's nearly spring sort of thing and and I'm just thinking wow are you with the seasons Sheree are you eventually with the seasons um how about yourself are you feeling that yeah I wonder whether it's because um we're all paying a bit more attention (laughs) because there is less to distract us Mm. Um, but I had thought that when I saw the snowdrops come up and I thought it's time it's time for that change yeah and the sun came out briefly (laughs) (laughs) and I felt myself warming up like a like a tortoise (laughs) yeah yeah oh gosh yeah snowdrops yeah I do see them as a sign of spring anyhow what I usually do also is ask where are you let us situate you and if you can see anything nature-wise from your windows so I am in Hampshire in the southeast of the UK and I actually I'm in my office right now and in my office I can't really see anything apart from other houses so I've like strategically placed plants um but from other windows of my house I can see I can see my garden and I can also see out I live in a village so I can see out between the houses um out into countryside like open fields and things like that there's a playground as well which is quite nice so yeah Wow. Hampshire. Is that classed as one of the, the, I know it's a county, but one of the, um, you know, prime, you know, what do you call them counties? The home counties. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, I think it is. Um, I've always thought that's like a really funny term because surely everyone's county is, is their home. <laughs> exactly. But I think it might bring out the hierarchy of different counties in in the scheme of things of being part of this green and pleasant land. I came across you, all the elements, and it was the social. It was a social for black, indigenous, people of colour with that connection with the outdoors. And that was a unique experience for me, I will have to add there um so let's talk about all the elements it's billed as a community working to increase diversity in the uk outdoors and the questions are is like how do you build this community and two why is it important to build this community ah two very great questions (laughs) take your time i'm sitting comfy yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, those are those are big questions, aren't they? So I think one of the things about the community is it is for fame or BIPOC or let's split it down because we shouldn't all be in like this massive homogenous group. Yeah. But it's also for people who have disabilities. It's also for different gender identities. It is also for different body types. It is designed to 
bring together all the people that we don't see represented or talked about and we don't see the stories amplified in the UK outdoors and it is specifically focused on people who want to create change in that area. So they might be an individual, they might be a community group leader, they might be somebody based in an organisation, they might be somebody working for a brand. It doesn't matter. They could be a ranger in a national park. It doesn't matter as long as they are there with an open, collaborative mindset mm-hmm. and that they want to increase diversity across the board. So that's its aim. <laughs> <laughs> How do we build that community? Well, what I found is it's interesting, actually, because when I first set it up, I don't know if I was, no, I definitely was. I was really naive in that I thought, of course, everybody wants this. Like, I want it. Of course, everyone wants this, right? I've been looking for it. You know, the people I've mentioned it to have been really into the idea. Let's start it, basically, because I couldn't find it. And it's lonely when you're out there trying to create change. It's like, it's a it's a hard space to be in um, when you feel like it's just you shouting and there's nobody listening. And sometimes you just need somebody to be able to say, oh my God, did you even see that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is going on? Yeah. I thought that I would put it out there and I would share it and it would just build itself. <laughs> untrue. <laughs> Very untrue. Yeah. So um, what I found was that actually, especially following Black Lives Matter, there, which was obviously in June last last year, to put this in context, because I'm aware that we're like, we're chatting and this might not have the context. Here in the UK, particularly became a massive thing then. People were very suspicious of like, what the motivations would be, because I think people have felt, and this is across the board, people have felt like they've had a lot of things extracted from them or taken from them yeah and then knowledge has sucked and their experiences have been sucked out of them by in ways that they might not feel like they have gained from that experience if that makes sense yeah and so actually um building this community has been a lot of trust building and a lot of one-on-one conversations and like this is what, like, this is who I am. And that was quite a hard thing for me because I didn't want to, I was really, really aware that I didn't want it to be something that was centered on me because I wanted to amplify other people's voices. But actually what became really clear really quickly was that people needed to know know me to and know what my vision was and why I was doing what I was doing and me as a person before they could then say, okay, yeah, like, I'll give this a go. I'll come along. I'll spend the time. I'll have these conversations. So yeah, so that's basically, it's been a year of chats, which has been great. Actually, I've met so many, so many amazing new people this year. And I feel incredibly, I'm not a religious person. um, So I use this in a non religious context. um, But I feel incredibly blessed to have been able to to be able to meet so many people and connect with so many people i do yeah Uh, so yeah so that was the building of the community question (laughs) (laughs) and it continues moving forward and actually i was uh thinking before we had this conversation i got really excited 
when I saw that you'd been doing writing work and the visual journaling things. And I was thinking, because I'm I'm a writer, it's like my my main skill set. It's not what I do. Well, I mean, I do do it as, as a job, but it's I do lots of jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure we'll touch on them later because they do all relate in some ways to nature and the outdoors but I'm a writer but I'm also an artist and I feel like I had a conversation two oh my god it is two years ago because we lost a year (laughs) (laughs) about how I didn't see the representation of responses to the outdoors from underrepresented groups anywhere Mm. and I I found that uncomfortable And also found it uncomfortable because the group that, um, and I won't talk too much about the setting of this, but it feels like, and I know that a lot of of people of colour have this experience, is I was sat in a room in a circle where we were having conversations about responses, artistic responses to nature. And it was like everyone was there waiting for me to be like, hey, has anyone noticed it's not diverse in here? And it was just, um, and I know that's not a lone experience for me, but it was interesting because I was saying that there is, um, obviously there's value in having different people's, what different people see and experience and feel because it's not the same. And even if it was the same, that says something as well. Like it's not, you just need to hear from everyone to fully understand anything. Mm. And so, yeah, I had a really interesting conversation about different art types and how I'd been to an art show in London, which had been for black community artists and looking at the styles and the representation of the things that they were capturing and then was just struck by the the difference between that and then what I was looking at in this like nature presentation. And I was like, this is lovely and everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> but can we not do both? Like, I don't understand why we can't do both. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I've now gone, I, as you can tell, I also get off track when I have conversations, but I, I, was, um, I was thinking, um, because I'm I'm all about collaboration and um, part of what all the elements is, is not duplicating effort and bringing everything together in one central place. So we also have a directory which has um, groups that are working in the space um, to diversify the outdoors. We also have a resources section which has features podcasts like this one <laughs> and podcast interviews and books and all of these types of things. And I was wondering whether there would be a way for us to do an art section Mm. and like an art and writing reflections on nature and the outdoors section. But Mm. that's something we can talk about another time. I love that idea. I love that idea because, I mean, I'm glad that you mentioned all the elements, the directory stuff and the resources. We do this as individuals. We do that research. We are looking for it. We're looking to place ourselves or find like-minded people. Um, So to have that, I feel it's such vital resource to have that all in one place because we're doing the same thing again and again. But like to have it there, as we're saving legwork for somebody to quickly get to this point of thinking I am not alone thank you you know so yes on that collaboration front yes 
and bearing in mind collaboration, it does come down to a lot to trust and the people. I'm all for that. And when you've been saying about the last year and a lot of things coming out and people being suspicious, I totally get that because there has been that. I mean, and it's been calling it out of you're just doing lip service here by saying Black Lives Matter. And this is what we're doing and get on board. <laughs> like That has raised hackles and triggers. It has triggered a lot. Of, so I totally understand and appreciate all these conversations that you've been having over this year to get to this point that all the elements is recognised is recognized as doing the good work but of course it's not just you and a whole host of people behind you or beside you or in front of you you know and I'm totally there to support definitely pulling that apart and you've mentioned it a little bit when you're saying about the lack of diversity within the landscape in the British landscape I've got my own reasonings for that for, um, and you know from personal experience but what do you think are those barriers those issues that stop well it's two things in a sense because we do do it we do go out there <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm saying go out there and I need to go back to that because I don't see us going out there I see us going inside so there is there is that lack there is that but we are doing it but it's just not being seen. It's not being done enough. You know, what are the obstacles, do you think? Sorry, that was all over the place, but did you get it? <laughs> no, no, I completely got it because actually that's the first thing I was going to say is that the interesting thing is we are out there <laughs> and all of the groups that are underrepresented are out there, but you will quite often see in the mainstream media or in the like I work a lot in the adventure community. There are a lot of high profile um, adventurers who will say, I see no diversity here. What can we do about this? I see no one. And I'm mm. like, guys, there are people doing this. Yeah. You're just not, you're not seeing them. So I think that, as you say, it's like two sides to it. So I think that's a massive thing because that doesn't just impact the fact that the people who are out there aren't seen and therefore um, it kind of perpetuates this idea that people aren't outdoors and they can't be outdoors. But it's also the fact that because we're because we're not seen, we aren't role modeling. And that's so important. Like if you don't see, yeah, if we don't see the people out there who look like us doing it, then we don't see ourselves doing it true true and we don't see a path to it yeah. because yes. we can't understand that and i for a long time went through a process of so this is i mean we're talking about barriers and i can talk about barriers but i have felt and i was corrected last week actually i have recently been talking a lot about how i didn't i feel like i didn't face any barriers to the outdoors and i've talked a lot about it because i feel like it's quite a um it's an important thing for me to put out there and say because I don't want to represent, I I feel like my voice when talking about barriers is only valuable up to a certain point. And it's valuable in the fact that I have a platform to talk about it, but it's not necessarily, I'm not necessarily the best person to explain them in detail, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like talk to talk to the people who face those barriers and fully understand them and can really talk through like what that means and how it feels and all of those sorts of things. But <laughs> having said that, 
I think there are there are a lot of barriers. There are living in a living in cities a long way or what is can be perceived as being a long way from outdoor spaces, depending on what you consider to be an outdoor space. And there are financial barriers. Um, there are cultural barriers. I mean, I think we, I think we know. I think this is the thing. I mean, maybe we don't. There is a perceived fear, which sometimes is rooted in reality, and other times is something which is coming from from a place inside. And that fear can be for a number of different reasons. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have the right equipment. I don't know how people are going to react to me. I don't know if I'm going to have the help and support that I need. Um, I don't know if I can get there and get back. Like, it could be even as simple as that. So I, I think the thing is that each of those barriers has to be taken in turn and dealt with individually, because although there is crossover, they're all very different and everyone has a different range of them. And this is also why, this is also why mm -hmm. all the elements is like, totally my vibe <laughs> which you would hope wouldn't you <laughs> since i set it up but my thing was that nobody is one thing yeah. and quite often you see in the media for example that like what we call bame in the uk and like limited financial means are stuck together yeah like they are the same and there is crossover right but they're not the same yeah yeah <laughs> Like, let's deal with them as individual things, mm -hmm. and then we can look at how we're going to move forward. Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know, I've, I could talk about barriers all day. I feel like there are many ways to tackle each one as well. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important that we are talking about barriers or we make those barriers visible, because far too long they haven't been visible. And I do think it's important that to get that message out there that you're not alone in having these barriers or these fears and totally totally yeah they should be addressed individually and this is this is the thing you know when we're talking about the the narrative and amplifying that the voices or the activities that we are doing out there and the question is like what do you see the value of those mainstream but predominantly white establishments and organizations and I don't want to say using but amplifying voice of diversity why I'm asking this is because sometimes I do think there is that homogenous voice that is just there without those that variety unique diverse voices getting out there does do you know what I'm saying what do you see as that value then of amplifying maybe this single voice on this single face <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question oh actually before I say mm -hmm. before I answer mm -hmm. can I say one more thing about barriers yeah so because I realized that I didn't say it because I get distracted by things all the time and I go and so like, many like, things just... going through the head it is yeah I <laughs> just get like I, I'm really easily distracted <laughs> so I actually said in a I was in a clubhouse room recently and I said in that clubhouse room, I didn't, somebody asked me about barriers. And I said, basically the same as what I said to you. I don't feel like I've really faced any barriers, mm -hmm. um, but I can talk about them if you want me to discuss them. But I'm not probably not the best person. If there was somebody better to talk about it, I would pass you over. And 
Phil Young was in that room. I don't know if you know Phil. He is a black snowboarder. He was at the All the Elements event. And he said to me, he called me out on it. And he said, no, Sarah, no, it's not that you didn't have barriers. It's that you were given tools from when you were very young to be able to manage and and deal with mm. those barriers and overcome them. Yeah. And I was, my mind was blown. <laughs> because I was just like, you're right. And so I just thought that that was like, it's quite an important thing to add to, because even if you think that you haven't faced barriers, mm. maybe it's, maybe it isn't that you haven't faced them. That's the thing. Yeah. Maybe you haven't addressed them yourself. Like I found that is like very much, I am, I'm mixed race. I have grown up in a mostly white environment. And I, my perception and experience of my life is, is shaped by that. It's completely shaped by that. And a lot of what I have realized over the last few years, where I've been doing a lot more delving into this and into my, into how race in the UK and being mixed race and experiences of that and how all this ties together is that I have ignored a lot of things, which also is like a coping coping mechanism, right? Right. And I've buried a lot of experiences. Yeah. And I didn't realise that because that's just how I how I manage. Like mm -hmm. just and it's that's crazy. Is that crazy? No. It crazy no, it's not. It's it, <laughs> but it is, it's that survival mechanism. Yeah. to keep that moving forward it it has it's had to be done and that's a really it's really sad and mad to say that but it's it's had to be done so no I totally get that I'm going to come back to you um those tools from when you were young but, okay. <laughs> but we were with the value organization one one voice one one black face <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so now we go back to what is what's the value of having different voices, or what do you think the value is of them continuing to use the same? Ooh, both. It's all part of that whole, and I don't want to say mess or chaos because there's good things that that potentially could come out of it. It's trying to do something but missing the mark. Well, that's me. You talk. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to know what you think, though. Um, yeah. I can answer. Um, I mean, for me, it's like a no-brainer. I don't know why it's necessary to put forward one type of person and one type of face because that limits your market massively. Like, mm. if you're a company or a business, what are you thinking? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it like it's it's crazy to me. And what they say is it's aspirational. Is like was always what they used to say. They don't say that anymore because people are like, uh, shut up. <laughs> But they used to say, the reason why we use physically fit, beautiful people, they wouldn't talk about race because it wasn't on their agenda as like something to talk about. Mm. The reason why we use physically fit, beautiful people is because that's what people aspire to be, is that person. That's crazy. And also, you look at it, and even like, even if you just take it from a men and women perspective, the outdoors is dominated by men being macho and like pushing forward these physically fit, adventurous, 
looking yeah man men pushing forward and then you see like you stand and you look and i wrote an article about this a couple of years ago but you look at like a shop window and it has this adventurous man and he's in front of course he's in front and then they're like oh you know we sell women's clothes too so then they put like a woman on there but the woman is like really looks like she's never been outside or climbed a mountain in her life and her hair is perfect which i always am like i hate you and then she's like looking up at the guy like which way should we go i will and follow you yeah exactly like oh i couldn't possibly be outside on my own i would just die and you're like like that's even before we get into like able-bodiedness um race and like sexuality that. as well yeah, sexuality. Yeah. yeah exactly body type yeah. like all any of those things you just have like the woman being like oh i'm sorry i've never used a map before i couldn't possibly know which way i'm going oh, I, <laughs> but all of my clothes will be pink because that is what i want pink with less features that is like outdoor clothing for you i did i actually got offered um I was a brat about it, <laughs> but I recently got offered jackets, a jacket from an outdoor brand, mm -hmm. and the options were, and this is not this is not actually representative of their range at all. They usually have a lot more, but with COVID, they don't have very much. And the options were navy blue, which is boring mm -hmm. and is just boring, or vomit pink. <laughs> Oh, this is like, I literally am going to sound like the most spoiled brat in the entire world, but I don't want either of those. <laughs> and did you tell them why? Did you tell them why? I did tell them. I told them, um, yeah, I'm a pretty honest, straightforward person. I was having a conversation with somebody about this yesterday. And part of that is just being older, being more settled in my career, being like, so I feel very um, comfortable in myself. And so I am very straightforward with people totally get that because i know in the past i would either just you know smiled sweetly and accepted what was given or made up an excuse like oh, it's okay i've already got one thank you but now it is a case and I, I do think it comes with that experience and confidence in self and 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 love of self also also that is true but also it comes i i recognize deeply recognize from a place of privilege right mm -hmm. i don't need that jacket yeah. yeah and therefore i can say no thank you and i've said that i've had contracts i've, I've been offered like contracts before with brands that i don't agree with the terms in it mm -hmm. and i'm in a position where i'm like i have a career this is not my career i do this as something outside of my career yeah. i don't need to sign that contract with you yeah right and, and you're right you're right that is a privileged position I think that's 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 good and also bad, you know, because the flip side is that there's 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 people who cannot cannot say this no. Is, this is this is what I have said, and actually the last time I had this conversation, this is exactly what I said. I said, do you know what makes me really angry when I and I'm not I wasn't angry with the person who was having the conversation because it's never the person who's who's put forward to have the conversation with you who sets up the contract. Yeah. Yeah. But I, that's what I said. I was like, what makes me really mad is that people will have signed this. Yeah. And that's almost like why I feel like it is my responsibility to step up and say, this isn't okay. Yeah. Because I've read it and I know what contracts look like. And this is a, this is not a nice contract. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so it is part of like, part of what we do 
and and this is this is a new thing I mean it's not a new not a new thing for me like I've always tried to do the best that I can but it's a a new thing for me to step into my privilege because if we're talking about diversity I have always shied away from it like Mm -hmm. I've always been like don't talk to me about being diverse look at all the things that I have I have done let's talk I am not I am not the best person to talk to you about diversity because I don't feel like I am that diverse. Like mm. I am I am incredibly privileged and I have said recently actually I feel like I was blinded by that privilege. Mm. Like I I was so hyper aware of it. I let it stop me speaking out. I I didn't use it to pave the way for other people and I didn't use it to amplify other people's voices. And that's what I should be doing with it. I shouldn't be hiding underneath it and and, and trying to like shrink away. Mm. Because I step out doesn't mean that somebody who I deem more worthy steps in. And yeah. that is something which is hard to come to terms with and mm. hard to step up and say, but like I'm open and honest about it. That's like, that's where I am with it. And that is so appreciated, but also it is difficult and it is a practice. It's a practice that you have, you know, because there's there's times that you've probably experienced where it's been difficult for you to do that and hurt, and it's hurt yourself to do that, but you've done it, yeah? And I think this comes back to what you were saying, those tools from a young age that have been there. And you said about that privilege that um so you haven't had to deal with it but then also that privilege is there is, is as a protection as an insulation in fact mm-hmm. in that sense so like just thinking about your childhood or, or your upbringing you you said that you're mixed race so if you can you know tell us a bit about your mixed heritage in a sense but tying that into was nature then part of your upbringing yeah so my mother is white british and my dad is black sudanese but i have always lived in the uk Mm. i have i've been privileged enough to travel but i have always lived in the uk i was born and raised here in as i said earlier a predominantly white environment has never bothered me actually which Mm. i think is like also really interesting isn't it like i i obviously I feel like I internalized things like never seeing anyone who looked like me. But the interesting thing, and I have been talking a bit about this, actually, about the experiences of childhood and how it shapes you, because I've never felt like I couldn't do anything. And that is like the coping mechanisms and the and what I've been taught as a child and how I've been taught to approach the world, I guess. Mm-hmm. But they've never... My parents have never, ever suggested that anything was anything was out of reach. If I've said that I wanted to to do anything or experience anything, they might be like, really? <laughs> I like I do a lot of different things. So they're like, really? We're sure. But you're you're going to have to work hard or you're going to have to um, you're going to have to do X, Y, Z. Like you want to do that. Fine. But you're going to have to get there. Like, how are you going to get there? What's your plan? Like, how is this going to fit into everything else that you want to do? (laughs) And so I've been very lucky in that sense. And I've always, my mother is much more outdoorsy than my dad. Although my dad likes a good walk. (laughs) (laughs) And so 
and my grandparents, my my uh, British grandparents, also really outdoorsy, love nature, love birds. I remember sitting in their garden as a as a child and learning what all the different birds were on their bird feeders and like all and all of that sort of thing. Um, I've got pictures of my my granddad walking me in a river when I was like two. Like I always been in nature, and that's partly partly because of their love of nature but also partly because of where we are Mm. because I do live somewhere where we are surrounded by countryside like I didn't live when I grew up I grew up in a town I didn't live in the countryside but it was it was fairly easy for me to get to it Mm. if I wanted to and we're about an hour from the beach and we've always had a car so we could so yeah and then I I wanted to as I say like I I stand I stand firmly in my privilege I will talk about these things but I I'm also aware that when people listen to this they're gonna be like oh god and then so I started horse riding when I was five um loved horses obsessed with them Mm -hmm. and that was then how I got my outdoor I've always been into animals so that was like how I got my outdoor fix um (laughs) and walking bike riding all of those things so yeah so always been always been outdoors and then as I got older I switched horse riding for climbing Mm. (laughs) and um, became an indoor climbing instructor actually at my local wall and uh, I've also done I organize sailing trips that's what I do as my job for women all women sailing trips multinationality, multidisciplinary mm. trips for to tackle plastic pollution actually. So I'm like sustainability focused. We take artists, business women, designers, like every single aspect that you could think of of people's job roles, scientists. And we take them on sailing voyages and then we show them the problem firsthand, do some science, do some workshops, like look at collaboration which I guess is like bleeds into all the elements, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm hearing this and I'm thinking, I'm sure I know what you're talking about. Do you do it around the UK or do you do it around the world? So we do it round, we did do round the UK, but we do it round the world, um, all over the world. I'm sure I've looked at it to actually come on board. I have. I mean, I love everything about nature, but there's something that soothes my soul when I'm with the sea. Yeah. So I wild swim. So I've been looking at these. I suppose I want to see the sea or the ocean from the different angles because you know there's depths there that no human will will ever see and I'm happy that no human will ever see because they probably want to extract what's there and abuse and use it Mm -hmm. so yeah thank you for sharing that because I was going to ask you what it what what do you do because you did mention that everything that you do do for a job on the side is connected with nature somehow so so the that takes up the biggest chunk of my time although at the moment we're not sailing because of covid so we're doing a lot of online work mm-hmm. also you should read blue mind if you haven't already your connection with the sea mm-hmm. and water and how even just drawing a squiggly line 
Uh, Wallace J. Nichols. Yeah. So yeah, great book. And yeah. my favourite about it is his intro at the beginning where he says, I wondered if looking into the science behind why we love water would make me love it less and it would lose its magic. Mm. But it hasn't. Mm. And I thought, hmm, interesting. And then I read it and I was like, oh my God, it makes me love it more. <laughs> and you think, how could you love it more? Because you feel that you're at the brim already. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly amazing um, oh sorry we were talking about work no it's okay <laughs> this is this all feeds in it all feeds in so that takes up the majority of my time um in terms of i do that job four days a week i work as operations manager and it's an amazing job is like and the women that i get to meet doing all the different things they're doing is just incredible and i'm all about sustainability that's my well i was I used to work at a magazine, which is what ties into my writing. I decided I wanted to create change, positive change in the world. So I moved into sustainability. Mm. Um, but my sustainability is environmental. But I don't think you can tackle the environment until you look at social because mm. we're part of the environment. So it's a it's a very holistic lens. And then so then obviously I do all the elements, which is which is also we've already talked about that. So that's fine. <laughs> And then I also do freelance writing and I blog and I write about sustainability, nature and travel. I have been talking a lot about my personal local experiences during the last year. And that's like really focused me down on all, all of my, my nature, nature writing and nature experiences and also like the local adventures in the outdoors. So I, I built a bamboo bike. And last last year, I was taking it out all the time. I'm not a, I'm not a crazy bike rider. Like I would pass people wearing like all the lycra, and I'm in like my gym leggings <laughs> and like a a t-shirt. And I'm like, why are they wearing lycra? And then within like five minutes, I'm like melting. That's me. Um, <laughs> but it's fun, and mm. I just like being outdoors. So yeah, so those are the main things that I do. So sailing that's organizing sailing x expedition all the elements which is diverse in the uk outdoors and the reason why it's diverse in the uk outdoors mm. is because i do feel like our situation in the uk is different to other countries we can learn from other countries um but one of the things that i found the most frustrating about the um black lives matter movement was the lack of understanding from generally in the UK population about how it applied to them mm. because you're taking like there are similarities mm. but we struggle much more with subconscious bias we really do mm. and like getting people to address that is a whole different is a whole different ball game so anyway mm. that's and then my freelance writing and my blog <laughs> yeah and um, yeah that I mean that does keep you busy yeah but I can the the listeners will know you've got a ton of energy to go around so that would help to do all these things but just picking up on what you said there because this is this is that I have this love-hate relationship with from time I I first recognized myself in a text through Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye yeah and then once I found Toni Morrison I went on to other things Alice Walker Audre Lorde and these are African-American women and it yeah. wasn't until I got to university and my 
personal tutor, who was a white woman, introduced me to black British women writers. And I think, oh my gosh, there's some here. Yeah. So there is that love because they were my first place to go. Now, growing older, it is a case of it's how everyone looks towards the States. Um, you know, as you were saying, Black Lives Matter. And it is, and I think it's the historical basis here. Because slavery didn't happen on these shores, we have that attitude that it's removed from us. It doesn't involve us. It does. It didn't happen to us. <laughs> that sort of thing, yeah. you know? And you're right when you're saying it's a to- we have a totally different relationship with race, with racism, with black bodies, with, with the whole history thing. And it's not acknowledged. I was a bit frustrated, mad, that there wasn't a much, much more of a, a reflection on the self when there was cities were burning over the summer and and probably continue to burn around these issues of racism racist policies racist ideas etc and still having that attitude well it i'm really i'm really sad that it's happening in america but not it's not here we don't have those issues here police don't carry guns here that's not the same but we know but we can point to the things that are happening within our police you know justice system dying in custody you know our black women dying just trying to give birth to kids we've got our own issues that are not being addressed but we're saying this and you know we'll come to near the end and I want to ask you the question is like how do you keep up the hope or are you seeing changes happening and how are you keeping the the hope or the flames burning in the sense of like you know you said it's lonely standing alone to bring about change. And you are creating this community. You're building this community where we can all support and help and cheerlead each other and be there for each other. But it's it's slow. It's slow. One step forward, two steps back, that sort of thing. So how, how do you see things changing and how are you keeping the dreams alive for change? <laughs> Big questions to finish off on. Yeah, no. That is a huge, those are huge questions to finish on. I know, sorry. (laughs) I think that I've just found it's partly my personality type is that for some reason, I mean, I have horrible days. I have days where, and I think we all do, where we're just like, nothing is ever going to change. I'm exhausted. I'm drained. Mm -hmm. And I've had conversations where, like, I during black lives matter particularly but it continues always i would see things on social media from people that i knew and liked about things that i was like you don't have this right Mm. (laughs) and i knew that the amount of energy that it would take to wade into that conversation it's like do you have that energy are you at that vibe where you can take it forward and you can have that conversation in a way that's healthy for you because it's not it's not always so sometimes I do just think, God, wouldn't it just be nice to just not think about it <laughs> and just pretend it's not happening? And um, as I say, I start, like I am I'm in a very privileged position. I if I wanted to, I could close off from a lot of this. I I I could, but I don't want to. I want to help create change. 
I feel like we're standing, as you said before, having a directory and having resources is really important because I feel like we're standing on the shoulders of giants who've gone before us, mm-hmm. right? Where we are right now, there's been so much change mm-hmm. and so much positive change. And we're hearing so many more voices. Like we can't stop now. The mm-hmm. momentum is just is just starting. Let's keep going. Yeah. So I keep going because I see other people keeping going. And that's why, that's why, that's what all the elements is all about, right? When I'm having a bad day and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I see someone else going out there and nailing it. And they are like flying the flag for whatever their area is that they're focused on. And I think, look at them. They're working hard. They're still going. How can I support them? How can we do better as a team? How can we keep moving forward? I give up. What happens then? Mm-hmm. it's like uh if i give up and then they give up and then someone else gives up like what message is that sending to people i don't know i feel like i'm now rambling no 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 it's important that you're saying those are the people that are doing things and recognizing it keeping yourself inspired by thinking they're doing it sometimes and it does take come down to energy but you know there are times and I wish it was more times that I do actually get on their feed or comment and say yes I'm with you you know I'm cheering you on I'm here you know thank you you know and some some days I can do that more times but some days I can't do that and it is about capacity yeah, and balance as well, right? Because if you burn yourself out, um, and that's like the other side of it, I guess. So like, how do you keep going? Mm-hmm. One, inspired by the people. But two, you have self-care. Yeah. Because if you don't take that time for you, and you know what the reality is, is that if any of us have like a bad week or a bad month, that doesn't mean that we can't continue to create impact. Probably not going to make that much difference, really, mm-hmm. if we're not as long as oh as long as we come back round to being like okay now we take a step forward but it's important to it's important to keep your own energy up i think and to give as much as you can give and then take a step back and recharge and then and then go again pick yeah. your battles yeah as well no so I mean, many things there. that's that's wisdom that is wisdom and um it's hard to do though, isn't it? Oh my God. It's hard to actually action. Yeah. Um, especially as we live in a culture and society where, you know, taking a rest or self-care, you're you're made to feel guilty or shame. Actually suggesting it, never mind leaning into it. You know? Yeah, and I'm not good at it. And I think that's the thing, is like all the things we've spoken about today and all my like I have lofty aims. I have lofty aims and I have like really high expectations of myself Mm. and I'm throwing them out there, but I don't reach those most of the time. Mm. And I am like flawed. Like I am a flawed individual. Like we're all flawed. Um, And it's, I just think it's best. It's about doing the best that you can do. Right. So I talk about, um, talk about all the things that like paving the way for other people doing like trying to amplify other people's voices keeping going like building this community and things like that but like I'm just a person and most of the time like or not most but like half the time let's go for half the time (laughs) like I'm definitely falling far short of what I would expect myself to be doing but keep moving forward exactly never give up never surrender (laughs) 
exactly exactly <laughs> and every day doing a little bit is better than doing nothing yes man yes um yeah i mean my word of the year is slow and that's what i've taken from you know 2020 lockdown pandemic is that you can actually slow down and the world keeps turning mm-hmm. you know you're still alive things get done but but at that slower pace with nobody else's urgency fueling me yeah mm-hmm. and that is is such a wonderful way to be being at this moment and living at this moment that and you know you mentioned you're saying you're not blessed that that idea you're not religious but you use blessed and that's what I'm using at the moment I'm saying I'm not lucky I'm blessed because mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. I am at that position that I can do this and it is a privileged position and I recognize that so we meet there at that privilege <laughs> And I'm looking, I'm looking at the time and I just want to say how soul quenching it has been talking to you. (laughs) Thank you for bringing your energy and enthusiasm and your flawed human beingness to this podcast. It is recognized and it is appreciated. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been great. I feel like we could talk for like another two hours. So we're going to have to arrange that for another time. I know. I know we have to. But um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.